0: Segment two of the auto workers and the unions in the NAACP from Gator at Defiance Illusion. You see, Mitt Romney didn't want to wait and work like his father did all of his life, even though he inherited his dad's fortune. He wanted to be, you know, the thing with the rich man, you can't get too rich. Look at Mike Bloomberg. He's a Nazi, if I've ever seen one. He wants to take away everybody's guns. What's one of the major lines in the entire book of Mein Kampf, which is from one of the biggest lunatics of the day, Adolf Hitler? What is the one line that stands out in that entire book? If you want to take the people over, you must first disarm the people. What are they trying to do right now, Virginia Democrats, Virginia Democrats, Kentucky, fake Republicans, Ohio, you know I'm telling the truth. Everybody in the sound of my voice knows I'm telling the truth. I have been tested like a piece of steel in a molting pot. I have had six careers and I have had them jerked out for me five times by free trade one time due to my health. That's why I'm here doing this now. Somebody somewhere has got to take a stand. Wake up, America. Wake up. You have been sold out by the older generation, the ones they call the golden age. They ain't here helping us. I don't wish no ill on them. I love my father. I love my mother. I love my brothers. But boy, they got a funny way of showing that they love me. And there'll always be that divide there now. Whether I want it or not, whether they want it or not, there'll always be that divide. And that's the way it is in all these families. That's why you're seeing white families right down the middle. Because a father did not go to bat for a son. He sided with his buddies at the Union Hall instead of looking at what actually happened to his kid. And the kid don't forget about it, and the family splits. That's as simple as it gets. The father can't hold that against the son, and the son shouldn't hold that against the father. I don't hold that against my dad. I did it one time, but I don't no more. I had to put myself in his shoes and look at it out of his eyes. You know, now, Mr. Gibbs, you know, we, we, you know, oh, we, we back Jeff to the hill yeah you've tried to file my fucking grievance you, you bunch of fucking monkeys a fucking year and a half later I don't ask me out of the fucking room you son of a bitch you suckers owe me a fucking life you owe 800 fucking people a fucking life out of that one shop in Kettering off of Woodman fucking boulevard You sorry son of a bitch, Hagwood, you motherfucker. Walked into our shop talking about how you fired your your own daddy and you was proud to do it because it was your duty. Guys like you are the problem. Men that would sell out their own family, that ain't much of a man. Paul Hagwood, Boy, you lied, you stole, you cheated, you cut throats, you did whatever it took to shut down every General Motors building in America that you got your hands on. You were called the X-Man. That was your nickname. You fired your father and you bragged about it. You're a butcher. You're a bigot. You're a hypocrite. You're a fucking traitor. You're not an American. You're not shit. You don't like me? Come shut me up, motherfucker. I'm telling y'all, I'm going to put y'all out on Main Street, motherfucker, and the American people's going to know what you fuck you did behind closed doors, you son of a bitch, because I was there, and I saw it, I witnessed it, you put good union men out, because you couldn't deal with them. Marty Scott, Fred Coles, Charlie Coles, Blankenship, Steve Elam, David Heiser, those were good union men. They did their job. They didn't wish wash. They didn't go this way this day and the next way the next day. <coughs> they stood their ground. They stood on contractual language. And they made you do the same. And that's why you couldn't deal with them, Paul. That's why you couldn't deal with them. And you had to get rid of them. So you figured out a way. You set them up. You let them play the game. You played the game with them. And then you set them up. And you literally fired the lot of them. Except for Steve Elam. But you still figured out a way to get rid of Steve. Steve was like a brother to me. He was a good union man. How dare you? Why, you dirty son of a bitch, you traitorous motherfucker. I can't believe that people would sit back and watch that shit that took place play out. You turned your back on your fucking countrymen. For what? Where are you at now, Paul? They probably got him in China or some shit. Hopefully. Hell, and this is saying a hell of a lot, Russians are more loyal to Russians than Americans are to Americans. Think about it. Think about it. Next time you see all them white and black faces under that bridge huddled up together trying to stay warm and the police won't even let them start a fire for fear that they'll start a, some kind of a, a, a fire too big to h- handle or whatever. Think about it! And then you allow people to come in here and then they take away the stores and the farms. And they don't even belong here. They're not American. They're not black, they're not white, they're not Americans. They are not americans but you gave them free money? How many millions did it take to start up that farm where they can get all that lamb meat? How much money did it take, Bush? How much money? How how much did it cost to buy you, President Bush? Both of you, the one in the grave and the one out. How much money did it take? Obama, I know you just gave it away. I believed in you. I thought you'd been the best thing since sliced white bread, and I told my wife that. And look what you did. You gave billions of dollars to the biggest terrorist organization in the world and expected the American people to call you the greatest things since JFK. Or the best president of all time because you, because of your skin color. You are the biggest fascist Nazi in the world. I don't care what color you are. You are a fascist pig. I'm going to tell you this one time and I'm going to make it stick. General Motors... You sold us out. Ford and Chrysler, you sold us out. Still industry, textile mills, you sold us out. Now they want to shut down the coal mines. <laughs> they want only Indians running gas stations. How the, how the, how the fuck does that shit work? Those people come here fucking broke and they drive Mercedes Benzes and they they buy buy fucking gas stations and shit. How does that shit work, Donald? Tell me. Explain it to me so I can go get me a gas station. So I can go buy a Mercedes Benz. Explain this shit to me. I want to know the secret. Oh, that's right. You take it out of Social Security. Everything comes out of Social Security. They never pay you to it, they still don't! And you get all that money out of Social Security and it don't even belong here. Get the asses out of here! This is our country, not yours, not theirs, ours! Bring the jobs home now. That's what this is about. Bring home the jobs. Strengthen our military. You want respect. You talk a lot about it, but you don't want to go out and fight for it. Eight million auto workers. And I don't know how many steel workers lost their jobs. Oh, my God. From Pennsylvania all the way to all the way to Michigan, all the way to Ohio into Indiana, down to Kentucky, West Virginia the industrial states, we all lost everything New York City Chicago, Illinois we lost it all because of our so called illustrious leaders, Nancy Pelosi Chuck Schumer the Black Caucus, Maxine Waters, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, all of you stand for what America never stood for. And we get a man in there that's just doing a job he's not even being that successful really i mean he's a success but he's not but the thing with donald trump is he's not putting up with your bullshit and he's not slitting the white man's throat no more and he's not slitting the black man's throat no more He's bringing jobs in here. They're not the jobs that we lost, but they're a hell of a lot better than the jobs that Bill Clinton was bringing in here. I'll tell you that for sure and for right now. What I expect to see from another Trump presidency, which we will see, is the return of General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. And for the stock market to lose control of those entities, because that's the problem. When you put Wall Street in charge, America is for sale. They are the biggest traitors in the nation, in the world, because everything revolves around the dollar. They don't. There's no respect for anyone that worked in them places. You, you, you want to know what the rich man finds repulsive about a working man? I used to eat a Red Lobster a lot. When I worked at General Motors, and back in that day, you could smoke in the restaurants. I'd smoke my cigarette waiting on my meal. I didn't mean to bother buy nobody. If I knew I was bothering anybody, I wouldn't have done it. It was just natural habit. I was raised around it. But that rich man sitting there with his cute little family, wearing their diamond rings, driving that Mercedes Benz, they found me to be repulsive. So they they wanted to make sure that I lost everything I owned so that they didn't have to ever look in my face again. And that's exactly the kind of discrimination that we're facing right now today. It's not changed. And it's not just black. It's white and black. We've all faced it. In case you can't tell from my podcast, I've been racially disseminated from All sides of the fence, black, white, didn't matter. I have white friends, I have black friends, I have Indian friends, I got all kinds of friends of every nationality. The most honest ones are the Indians, because they'll tell you, we're we're on our way, we're going to take the country. When, When we do, boy, you in trouble. That's the most honest person out there. And it pains me to say that, but our corporate leaders are the most fascist, racist, bigoted, hypocritical pigs, Nazi-supporting, bashing assholes that I've ever fucking had the displeasure of ever looking at. Old Battenberg and all you boys. Hey, Jim, how much they pay you to get rid of me, Jim? How much they pay you to get rid of me, Keith, David? How much they pay you? You know, I, I I had a friend, and she told me what happened. Her her cousin that didn't show up to work but once a month, they fired her. Hell, if I was a union man, I would have fired her. You don't show up to work but once a month, you got no business trying to have. You, don't, you ain't trying to have no job. You're looking for a handout. And this friend told me that her cousin got hired back on and took the buyout and immediately left. And that was the price for my job. And she got that from the head office. That's why the head office had to get rid of people like Carol Duff that gave a shit. She did her job and she did it right. Elliot, you're a piece of shit. You sat there and you took against your own. Like me or dislike me, I was one of your own. And you let that hagwood bastard walk in there and sell us out. Oh, you're one of the guys now. High five! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, hi- we're going to fire everybody. I've seen it all, man. I watched a guy go into the acid tank come out, and he didn't want to strip his clothes off because there was women around, and go under the shower to get the acid off of him and destroyed his life, and all you did, Agwood, was go to the hospital and get him to sign a piece of paper while it was incoherent that he couldn't sue you. You motherfucker! He's worked for life! He paid the price! A terrible one! I broke my heart at General Motors! And was told if I said anything about it. I was fired. I didn't say nothing. I took the bill. Six months later, I was fired anyway. And the union... Segment two of the auto workers and the unions in the NAACP from Gator at Defiance Illusion. You see... Mitt Romney didn't want to wait and work like his father did all of his life, even though he inherited his dad's fortune. He wanted to be, you know, the thing with a rich man is you can't get too rich. Look at Mike Bloomberg. He's a Nazi if I've ever seen one. He wants to take away everybody's guns. What's one of the major lines in the entire book of Mein Kampf, which is from one of the biggest lunatics of the day, Adolf Hitler? What is the one line that stands out in that entire book? If you want to take the people over, you must first disarm the people. What are they trying to do right now, Virginia Democrats? Virginia Democrats, Kentucky, fake Republicans, Ohio, you know I'm telling the truth. Everybody in the sound of my voice knows I'm telling the truth. I have been tested like a piece of steel in a molting pot. I have had six careers and I have had them jerked out for me five times by free trade one time due to my health. That's why I'm here doing this now. Somebody somewhere has got to take a stand. Wake up, America. Wake up. You have been sold out by the older generation, the ones they call the golden age. They ain't here helping us. I don't wish no ill on them. I love my father. I love my mother. I love my brothers. But boy, they got a funny way of showing that they love me. And there'll always be that divide there now. Whether I want it or not, whether they want it or not, there'll always be that divide. And that's the way it is in all these families. That's why you're seeing white family, white right down the middle. Because a father did not go to bat for a son. He sided with his buddies at the Union Hall instead of looking at what actually happened to his kid. And the kid don't forget about it, and the family splits. That's as simple as it gets. The father can't hold that against the son, and the son shouldn't hold that against the father. I don't hold that against my dad. I did it one time, but I don't know more. I had to put myself in his shoes and look at it out of his eyes. You know, now, Mister Gibbs, you know, we, we, you know, oh, we, we back Jeff to the hill yeah you've tried to file my fucking grievance IUE, you bunch of fucking monkeys a fucking year and a half later I don't ask me out of the fucking room you son of a bitch you cocksuckers owe me a fucking life you owe 800 fucking people a fucking life out of that one shop in Kettering off of Woodman fucking boulevard You sorry son of a bitch, Hagwood, you motherfucker. Walked into our shop talking about how you fired your your own daddy and you was proud to do it because it was your duty. Guys like you are the problem. Men that would sell out their own family, that ain't much of a man. Paul Hagwood, Boy, you lied, you stole, you cheated, you cut throats, you did whatever it took to shut down every General Motors building in America that you got your hands on. You were called the X-Man. That was your nickname. You fired your father and you bragged about it. You're a butcher. You're a bigot. You're a hypocrite. You're a fucking traitor. You're not an American. You're not shit. You don't like me, come shut me up, motherfucker. I mean, I'm telling y'all, I'm going to put y'all out on Main Street, motherfucker, and the American people's going to know what you fuck you did behind closed doors, you son of a bitch, because I was there, and I saw it, I witnessed it, you put good union men out, because you couldn't deal with them. Marty Scott, Fred Coles, Charlie Coles, shit, Steve Elam, David Heiser, Those were good union men. They did their job. They didn't wish wash. They didn't go this way this day and the next way the next day. (coughs) They stood their ground. They stood on contractual language and they made you do the same. And that's why you couldn't deal with them, Paul. That's why you couldn't deal with them. And you had to get rid of them. So you figured out a way. You set them up. You let them play the game. You played the game with them. And then you set them up. And you literally fired the lot of them. Except for Steve Elam. But you still figured out a way to get rid of Steve. Steve was like a brother to me. He was a good union man. How dare you? Why, you dirty son of a bitch, you traitorous motherfucker. I can't believe that people would sit back and watch that shit that took place play out. You turned your back on your fucking countrymen. For what? Where are you at now, Paul? They probably got him in China or some shit. Hopefully. Hell, and this is saying a hell of a lot, Russians are more loyal to Russians than Americans are to Americans. Think about it. Think about it. Next time you see all them white and black faces under that bridge, huddled up together, trying to stay warm, and the police won't even let them start a fire for fear that they'll start a, some kind of a a fire too big to handle or whatever. Think about it. And then you allow people to come in here. And then they take away the stores and the farms. And they don't even belong here. They're not American. They're not black. They're not white. They're not Americans. They are not americans but you gave them free money? How many millions did it take to start up that farm where they can get all that lamb meat? How much money did it take, Bush? How much money? How, how much did it cost to buy you, President Bush? Both of you. The one in the grave and the one out. How much money did it take? Obama, I know you just gave it away. I believed in you. I thought you'd been the best thing since sliced white bread and I told my wife that. And look what you did. You gave billions of dollars to the biggest terrorist organization in the world and expected the American people to call you the greatest things since JFK or the best president of all time because because of your skin color. You are the biggest fascist Nazi in the world. I don't care what color you are. You are a fascist pig. I'm going to tell you this one time, and I'm going to make it stick. General Motors, you sold us out. Ford and Chrysler, you sold us out. Still industry, textile mills, you sold us out. Now they're going to shut down the coal mines. They want only Indians running gas stations. How, how the how the fuck does that shit work? Those people come here fucking broke and they drive Mercedes Benzes and they fucking they buy they buy fucking gas stations and shit. How does that shit work, Donald? Tell me, explain it to me, so I can go get me a gas station, so I can go buy a Mercedes Benz. Explain this shit to me. I want to know the secret. Oh, that's right. You take it out of Social Security. Everything comes out of Social Security. They never pay you to it, they still don't. And you get all that money out of Social Security and it don't even belong here. Get the asses out of here. This is our country, not yours, not theirs, ours. Bring the jobs home now. That's what this is about. Bring home the jobs. Strengthen our military. You want respect, you talk a lot about it, but you don't want to go out and fight for it. Eight million auto workers, and I don't know how many steel workers lost their jobs. Oh my God. From Pennsylvania all the way to, all the way to Michigan, all the way to Ohio into Indiana, down to Kentucky, West Virginia the industrial states we all lost everything New York City Chicago, Illinois we lost it all because of our so called illustrious leaders Nancy Pelosi Chuck Schumer the Black Caucus, Maxine Waters, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, all of you stand for what America never stood for. And we get a man in there that's just doing a job he's not even being that successful really I mean he's a success but he's not but the thing with Donald Trump is he's not putting up with your bullshit and he's not slitting the white man's throat no more and he's not slitting the black man's throat no more He's bringing jobs in here. They're not the jobs that we lost, but they're a hell of a lot better than the jobs that Bill Clinton was bringing in here. I'll tell you that for sure. And for right now, what I expect to see from another Trump presidency, which we will see, is the return of General Motors, Ford and Chrysler. And for the stock market to lose control of those entities, because that's the problem. When you put Wall Street in charge, America is for sale. They are the biggest traitors in the nation in the world because everything revolves around the dollar. They don't, there's no respect for anyone that worked in them places. You, you, you want to know what the rich man finds repulsive about a working man? I used to eat a red lobster a lot when I worked at General Motors. And back in that day, you could smoke in the restaurants. I'd smoke my cigarette waiting on my meal. I didn't mean to buy nobody. If I knew I was buying anybody, I wouldn't have done it. It was just natural habit. I was raised around it. But that rich man sitting there with his cute little family, wearing their diamond rings, driving that Mercedes Benz, they found me to be repulsive. So they, they wanted to make sure that I lost everything I owned so that they didn't have to ever look in my face again. And that's exactly the kind of discrimination that we're facing right now today. It's not changed. And it's not just black. It's white and black. We've all faced it. In case you can't tell from my podcast, I've been racially disseminated from all sides of the fence, black, white, didn't matter. I have white friends, I have black friends, I have Indian friends, I got all kinds of friends of every nationality. The most honest ones are the Indians because they'll tell you, we're, we're on our way, we're going to take the country. When, when we do, boy, you in trouble. That's the most honest person out there. And it pains me to say that. But our corporate leaders are the most fascist, racist, bigoted, hypocritical, pigs, Nazi-supporting, bashing assholes that I've ever fucking had the displeasure of ever looking at. Old oh, Battenberg and all you boys. Hey, Jim, how much they pay you to get rid of me, Jim. How much they pay you to get rid of me, Keith, David? How much they pay you? You know, I, I I had a friend, and she told me what happened. Her her cousin that didn't show up to work but once a month, they fired her. Hell, if I was a union man, I would have fired her. You don't show up to work but once a month, you got no business trying to have. You, don't, you ain't trying to have no job. You're looking for a handout. And this friend told me that her cousin got hired back on and took the buyout and immediately left. And that was the price for my job, and she got that from the head office. That's why the head office had to get rid of people like Carol Duff that gave a shit. She did her job, and she did it right. Elliot, you're a piece of shit. You sat there and you took against your own. Like me or dislike me, I was one of your own. And you let that hagwood bastard walk in there and sell us out. Oh, you're one of the guys now. High five! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, hi- we're going to fire everybody. I've seen it all, man. I watched a guy go into the acid tank come out and he didn't want to strip his clothes off because there was women around and go under the shower to get the acid off of him and destroyed his life and all you did, Agwood, was go to the hospital and get him to sign a piece of paper while it was incoherent that he couldn't sue you. You motherfucker! He's worked for life! He paid the price! A terrible one! I broke my heart at General Motors! and was told if I said anything about it. I was fired. I didn't say nothing. I took the bill. Six months later, I was fired anyway. And the union la- Hello, this is Gator from Defiance Solution going live. We warned you and we warned you and we warned you. Defiance Solution is growing and going strong. We are here to stay We are the new fear factor in town We are going to rock you from the Delta to the DMZ Now, we're going to have a little bit of rock talk Bands such as Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Rainbow, Deep Purple They were at the forefront of the heavy metal movement And we all know this Bands such as Motley Crue, Death Leopard, they were caught up in the moment, and some of them have persisted on, and that's awesome. Um, As far as huge influences in the industry go, I mean, you you can't get no bigger than Richie Blackmore, Jimi Hendrix, Randy Rhodes, Stevie Ray Vaughan, unfortunately, several of those I just named are already gone on. And they, they cannot... They still contribute through their music, but they cannot, of course, put out material now. Um, but with that being said, you know, people are still trying to figure out Randy Rhodes to this day. And there's so many theories, and they're all wrong. Because there was only one Randy, and only he knew where he was going. Um... John Sykes, he's another he's another great, great, great composer and artist that David Coverdale systematically destroyed, unfortunately, um, through bad advice. Um, but it made Coverdale extremely wealthy. But it really, and John Sykes, you know, he he started off with Thin Lizzy. I mean, uh, you know, so there you go you know and it's like the wheel comes around because Vivian Campbell replaced John Sykes in um and um Whitesnake and then turn around and replaced John Sykes and Thin Lizzy for a time as well and now he's doing last in line Vivian Campbell is by the graces of uh, the Wendy Odeo uh, which I'm skeptical of at best but uh, speaking of Wendy, anyway, I mean, I, I'm sure she's a lovely lady and everything. Uh, just, you know, and it's not meant for me to understand or you to understand or anybody understand or, or her relationship with Ronnie. But, you know, Ronnie made a deal with with Vivian and Ronnie didn't back it up when it was time to back it up. And he catered to, to Wendy instead. And when he lost Vivian. Which was his Randy personal Randy Rhodes? He lost everything. Uh, Goldie was great, but he was no Vivian Campbell. Um, and I say that with respect to Goldie. You know, no offense here, and no offense meant to be thrown there. Um, another great guitarist that gets overshadowed is Phil Collins from Def Leppard. Man, them guys have been through it. They've lost, you know, band members one to alcoholism, uh, they had to get rid of another one to, uh, you know, alcoholism that passed away. And then another one to, you know, another person lost an arm, um, you know, but kept drumming, bless his little heart. He, he still gets out there. So you got to pay him props. I mean, that's, that's mad respect there. And then, you know, they brought in the master of, you know, mayhem, Vivian Campbell, the only problem I have with Vivian now is that he went back to Les Paul. I like and love to listen to Vivian, but I'd much rather hear him on his Kramer than any Les Paul ever made. And that's nothing against Les Paul. It's just for certain types of music, I think it takes a little bit more um, hardware to pull it off and make it sound correct, Uh than what a Les Paul actually has on it, unless it's been specially rigged the way John Sykes's was, at one point. Um, like guys don't like doing that, you know, putting a Wemy bar on a Les Paul. It's kind of like putting a a stick shift on a Ferrari, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you got the power, yeah, but it might be it might feel a little weird. Uh, anyway, um, as you can tell, I'm just chit chatting up, bringing everybody up to speed on some musical stuff. I uh, did this on another podcast last night for Defiance Illusion. Doing it again tonight, I'll be do, I'll be running through the night doing different things with music and artists and the state of our union, different things. So stay tuned, please, and keep and keep checking in. You know I've, I'm always going to have something new or whatever to say and uh, sign. You know our friend list and come over to come over to. Uh, Come over to our YouTube channel, Defiance Illusion, and subscribe. And, you know, we're we're not done there. We're going to keep that going as well. So we need subscribers, and we need also people to give us, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, whichever you feel. You know, totally up to you. But with with the commercial aside now, back to the serious business of music, Um, in the eighties, these guys were catered to, I mean, bands like Poison, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Rat, you know, just to name a few. And there were many, 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 more, uh, like Stillheart, you know, that didn't really get big math, which was basically a middle finger to the white man, um, from the white man. Uh, because, you know, they got tired of giving someone like Motley Crue or Poison $80 million contracts for two or three record deals. Even though they got their money back in spades, they didn't want to pay that kind of money out. They wanted to keep all their money. So that's why they went with grunge. They quit paying royalties. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, that's why you hear country singers. Um, they... Go out on tour, but when you hear of them coming home, they don't get a break because they go work at a waffle house or something. That's no lie. That's not a lie. That's total truth. They work at a waffle house as a waitress or a a cook or something. You know, between their them leaving on shows and stuff, they got to keep a job because they don't make nothing in royalties. They don't make nothing for airtime the way Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and, you know, Motley Crue and all them guys did. That's what made Motley Crue and them so so infamously rich was the fact that every time that they played their music on the radio, they got some sort of kickback somewhere, you know, and it made them extraordinarily rich because I guarantee you somewhere in the world at least 50 radio stations right now are playing a Motley Crue song and Motley Crue is getting a kickback off of all that. Okay, it's just the way it worked at that time. And then they, and they're starting to redo that now because they see how music has depleted itself, you know. And this is nothing against rap at whatsoever. It's just a different genre of music. But I think rap should even be done like this. And what I'm about to say is goes towards all genres of music and all musicians um, and all artists. You know, you can write lyrics and be an artist. You know, I have mad respect for you if, if God's blessed you with that talent. I, I'm not going to discriminate against anyone. Uh, but if you have a, if you have an art like that, and you perform, and you go out on tour, <clears throat> whether it be in U.S., abroad, or whatever, you should get paid royalties. Absolutely. You, you you should get paid every time they play your music, or every time a a, a bigwig from Ajax company or something wants to use your your tune on a you know a commercial or something. I mean, look at Queen; they've become so wealthy off of Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, that song has made their entire catalog. I mean, come on, um, you know. And bands are you know starting to see that just a peak of that again because. Companies are starting to realize, okay, we might be upstart companies and th- these bands have to grow with us, but one hand washes the other. And that's a very true statement. You know, bands with new companies, you got to be calm and cool and collective when you're talking to them, not to piss them off because a, a new company can destroy you just as easy as an old company. And um, if you gets out there that you're hard to work with, nobody's going to sign you. But if you grow with a company... Okay, and you have that lasting relationship when that company makes it big, you're going to be you're you're going to get yours, too. You know, it's just that simple. One hand washes the other. And then that makes you even want to strive even harder in the studio to put out that next hit or the the next three or four hits. And then every time you're trying to put out three or four more hits and you're trying to do better and better and better and better. But the place where people mess up is musicians is where they forget what brought them to the dance. When you forget what brought you to the dance is where every one of us damns himself. And we have got like Motley Crue, look what they're doing. They're trying to be more grungy. Don't do that. Put out another wild side. Put out another girls, girls, girls. Put out another shout out to the devil. Put out another, you know, stop trying to be what, the millennials think that you should be because the millennials really their generation sucks and who the hell would want to be a part of that not me not anybody i know you know all they do sit around and expect free handouts and bitch about having to do anything for anything so with that being said you know and and as you can see, that's the only group that I've knocked. You know, I'm not here bashing Tupac. I'm not here to bash Biggie. I'm not here to bash Motley Crue. I'm not here to bash anybody. What I'm here to bash is the way society has changed and redirects some channels here and thought and train and let's get this train rolling back down the right track. You know, and in my opinion, the rappers should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They should have their own Hall of Fame, the Rappers Hall of Fame or something. You know, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Metal Hall of Fame, they should come up with a Metal Hall of Fame. You know, country music should have a Country Music Hall of Fame. There should not be all in one. There's not all in one. We're not all related. No, we are not. So stop it, Hall of Famers. Stop it. Just stop it. You're an embarrassment and a disgrace to the memory of people like Randy Rhodes, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and people, you're, you're just an absolute d- disgrace. You're a disgrace to Tupac. You're a disgrace to Biggie. Stop doing that. If anybody in the industry ever deserved to have a building put around their work, it's Tupac Shakur. I'm sorry, the guy was a poet. He was, man, he was incredible. I mean, he mesmerized me and dazzled me with words and beats out of a machine. And I'm I'm a hands-on type of guy. So that's pretty impressive. You know, if you ain't got a live band backing you, I don't think you're shit. I like Tupac. I had mad respect for Biggie. So it's not, a you know, even though I do go with the West Coast more, I give the, the, you know, New York boys, I give them their, their props too. you know, uh, God forbid that that ever happened again. Um, you know, but honestly, after Tupac and Biggie were gone, rap was pretty much dead, you know? I mean, it's just that simple. Um, and then, you know, country music, Garth Brooks, I mean, he came out and he, uh, He took off in country and, you know, it was Garth Brooks, Travis Tritt. um, And there was two or three others. I'm sorry. I'm not really huge in country, even though I got a country accent. Um, I'm not real big into country, but I know that like Travis Tritt, Garth Brooks, Marty Stewart uh, was another one. Uh, There was like four or five that came out right around the same time. And they were like the magical four. And. Anytime that they had a hit or whatever, they would throw it at them and they would let them just run with it. And Garth Brooks, you know, he became the face of country for a while. Well, no disrespect to Mr. Brooks. I liked some of his music, but I was really more of the outlaw type of guy myself. I liked the old guys like Waylon Jennings, you know, where there was honesty behind the music. And they wrote their own music, and it was real, and it was felt by them. Not somebody who had a pretty face that could get up there and sing and turn the women on. To me, that's what it's not about. It's about the person who writes the song, getting up there, performing the song, and using what's in his mind and getting that sound out. You know, it's almost like giving, they say it's like giving birth. Now, I don't compare myself to a woman in any way, shape, or fashion. I am all man. But... I can't even imagine the pain that a woman goes through during giving birth, but I I do know what it's like to write a song because I've written several myself and we are working on that this year and we will have a release sometime this year. And I will keep you informed on that release. We are going back to the old school style rock and we are going to kick their teeth in. But with that being said, um, another thing that needs to happen is we need to start having festivals here in, in the States you know, from American bands, okay? Now, I respect the hell out of Five Finger Death Punch, and I respect the hell out of uh, Nightwish. Love Nightwish. Love Cobra and the Lotus. Love Release the Archers. Frozen Crown, love them. Straight Line Stitch, love them. You know, they're awesome. They can come and talk on my podcast anytime they want. I'd love to interview them. Uh, but there's a lot to be said also for Pearl Jam and COC. You know, I like those two bands from the 90s. You know, I was not a Nirvana guy. You know, really have no respect for Nirvana. I feel bad about what happened. You know, nobody wishes that on anyone. With that being said, I detested them. You know, I was a Motley Crew head. You know, before anybody else in my school was a crew head, I, I was listening to Motley Crew. Back in the days where we used to walk with ghetto blasters strapped to the side of our heads, cranked all the way up where everybody could hear it. You know, I was I was the guy in my school, the only guy in my school, that first cranked up Motley Crue and walked through the school with the jam box on the side of my head. Um, you know, and then other people and, you know, different people started mocking that, you know. But I was the first guy I know of that actually did that at my school. I didn't copy nobody I just I liked the way that Shout at the Devil sounded man I mean that was my that was my shit um and you know Nikki Six is an extraordinarily talented individual now I know him and Saul have had their go-arounds and all that and I love God Smack I love that band, I I have mad respect for Sully, I have mad respect for Nikki. Guys, it's time to stop this feuding, and it's time to come together, it's time for rock and roll to reunite, it's time for heavy metal and rock and roll to reunite. Help one another, don't damage one another, but help one another. This is a call out to all rockers, it's time to take a stand. The very people that made you what you are are living under crosswalks, bridges, living down by rivers, right now freezing to death, homeless, because we as a society in America said, oh, sure, under Bill Clinton, we could put our jobs up for sale. Now, Bill Clinton did a lot of good. You know, he wasn't all bad, but... He did some terrible things too, and free trade was one of the most terrible, and he's getting wealthy off of it to this day. Hopefully Donald Trump stops that and brings General Motors, Ford, Chrysler home and helps all those little jobs get restarted on supplying them with all the nuts and bolts and everything so we can have actual American-made cars again. I'm tired of looking at a panel and I can't work on it because it says made in Indonesia and I can't read nothing on it. You know, don't they get boring, don't they get old, don't they get you know, and then you gotta feel your way through the process and then all of a sudden everybody wants a pat on the back when they do it. I'm patting you on the back for learning how to put together something that somebody put together that had no business putting it together to begin with. What are they gonna do with a Buick in the mud hills of Indonesia? Come on. They tractor trailer I'm out. I've seen, I've seen the videos. Come on. They don't even drive Buicks up there. But they make them. Why? Because they pay them pennies on the hour. It, it should be illegal. It's slavery. We were the country that abolished slavery. I can't believe I just said this. And this is Black History Month. And even black people in this country know what this is. And they endorse it because they get their fancy cars and stuff. For what they think is cheaper. Look, the NAFTA thing was a a lie from General Motors. They went to Ronald Reagan and they said, look, if you let us do this, we can lower the price of the cars and poor people could buy nicer cars. And Ronald Reagan had a big heart. Everybody knows that. And he said, "Okay." So he got it passed through. And what GM do? They fucking lied. General Motors is made up of fucking liars. Their unions are made up of fucking liars. UAW just got popped. IUE should have been popped 35 years ago. Okay? They should have been busted. They should have had to restart the unions. Now, they abused Ronald Reagan's good wishes and will towards his fellow man. And then when the Bush came in, There was other legislature that Bush never got to to finish, so he passed it off to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton finished it, and it became free trade. Brother, that opened up the floodgates, and we didn't have no jobs all of a sudden. Dayton, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio. Wilmington, Ohio. Tip City, Ohio. Troy, Ohio. Vandalia, Ohio. Um... You know, the the list just keeps on going in Ohio and also Flint, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. We were shut totally down, and the rest of the country was okay with it. That's a disturbing thing. The rest of the country was okay with it. What are you thinking? I don't like to hear of any American losing his job to a foreign country. Okay? If you like that then you then you are the biggest racist going today. And you are the most anti-American, you got no business even living here. Look at all them white and black people living under bridges, living in abandoned homes and they've lost everything because Oh, it wouldn't happen to me. It won't happen to me. General Motors said it wouldn't happen to me. It happened to you. Now you're under a bridge doing dope. Wake up. Get off the dope. Trump's bringing new jobs in. They may not be what you had, but it's better than nothing, and you can live off of it. And you have more of a right to be here than 80% of the people that have a right to be here. You sweat, you bled, you broke bones for General Motors, and they abused you. Our own parents sold us out. They did not go after their union brothers for selling us out. They had the money to do so. We did not. See, guys that hired in with me were making $14 an hour, but we was working like dogs, man. We were working 60 to 80 hours a week to bring home that big check because we made time and a half and double time on Sunday quadruple time on, on a holiday you didn't turn out a holiday you get a whole week's pay for working one day on a holiday and if you had a whole week's holiday and you did that I mean I ain't coming off that neither are you that's why we could afford to buy those nice cars and trucks GM slit their own throat and they've never paid back a bailout yet Donald Trump if you hear my voice collect from GM I've got their playbook, son, and this is no threat. This is no lie. I have the bookage where they illegally got rid of over 800 of us. And I've got the union put. I got the union. I got the witnesses to prove what the union and the company did to the people. But you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. And big time rockers, we were the people that put you where you are and you disgrace us. You just threw us away just like General Motors did. How dare you, Nikki Six? How dare you? I bought everything. I bought Molly Crew t-shirts. I bought, man, I, my car was covered in decals. I mean, oh my God, I had jackets, cassettes, everything you guys put out, I bought. Sunglasses, the whole nine yards, dude. And you forgot about me and treat me like a piece of trash. And you go after the first president since John F. Kennedy that's given the white and black man both hope in this country, Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, I hope you sleep it well. I I, I hope you sleep at night very well, there, Nikki. I love you, man, but you're doing wrong. Somewhere along the line, you fell by the wayside and you got twisted. Because Mitt Romney unemployed over 8 million auto workers from Dayton, Ohio, to fucking Detroit, Michigan. Shut us down totally with the union's blessing to the promise of a payout. And George Soros, a no-Nazi, was behind it. And they just found that out. Mitt Romney is a traitor, a liar, and a coward. And you people out in Utah put him back in office. How stupid can you be? He unemployed half the country. He unemployed the auto industry. He, just run, he dismantled it. What his father made, he dismantled. His father would roll in his grave if he knew his son was a traitor and a coward. Pardon me, I stepped out of character there for a minute. But I take the auto industry very, 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 very seriously, and the the almighty NAACP. I went to them for for help on that. Oh yeah, pay your dues, man. We'll you know we'll get you these lawyers and blah blah blah. Cool. I paid my dues. She got General Motors, the head of General Motors, on the phone. My president in Middletown, Ohio got the president of General Motors on the phone. Not Delphi, General Motors. I worked at Delphi, which was under General Motors. And this person said they were very aware of my situation. And that yes, they did what they were accused of doing. She got a full confession. Very proud of Dr. Nora Bronston. They hung up the phone. She looked at me. She said, I don't know what to do with this now. I said, what? Where's the lawyers? She said, I don't know what to do now. She said, but you're white. You'll be all right. And she, she told uh, Z Whitaker was her name. God rest her soul. She shoved her, you know, my folder over to her and told Z to walk me to the door my case was done it was concluded she couldn't do nothing for me she said ain't that fucking amazing the almighty NAACP can't do something for me I called Chicago as soon as they found out I was white they dropped it talk about racism wow and I got proof of that because I got the file you son of a bitch Z Whitaker was crying when she walked me to the door. She said, I never thought the NAACP would turn on a white man or anybody of any color. She said, you take this folder and don't you turn around. And they fired her for it. You fired her for it. You fired her. You fired a good woman for standing behind her beliefs. What you were supposed to be doing yourself. How dare you? You cost me $5 million tax-free. That's what I was told from an attorney that my lawsuit was worth with General Motors and to double up on the union so that would have been $10 million that you people costed me at the NAACP. And you think I'm staying quiet because I'm white. You called me, Chicago NAACP called me trying to make a threat. No lie. They said, we're going to send about five of our boys over and they're going to walk out of that house of yours with our uh, file. I said, you send five boys over here. They ain't walking out. They're getting carried out. They never showed up. They never showed up. And I still got the file to this day, you son of a bitch. How dare you? You bunch of Nazi-supporting bigots. I can't believe you. You're a black man, and you're, you're supposed to be representing, but yet you represent the wrong people. Because, oh, it's about money. I forgot. It's not about what's right and what's wrong. It's not about helping those we're supposed to help. It's about me. I mean, I was told personally that certain people had no money. They they were losing their house and everything just like I did. And they were leading the NAACP. All of a sudden they're driving dra- brand new cars. After that went down, they're driving brand new cars. They're driving, they buy a new house. And their kids are buying, wearing new clothes. I mean, oh my God. You took. You all took. And now you want respect? Fuck you. 8 million auto workers in one shot heard around the world and made America the laughing stock of the world because guys like IUE would not have a national strike. UAW would not join with IUE in a national strike. The Teamsters would not join with both and have a national strike. I don't care what's on the fucking books. You're talking about shutting down the fucking country and taking millions and millions and millions of, millions of jobs out. Look at this, man. We're passes, you son of a bitch. Those are Americans, motherfucker. Hell, half of them are vets. They put for your freedom, you dumb fucking dyke, motherfucking son of a bitch. What the hell are you people doing? <clears throat> my apologies. As you can see, I get deeply impassioned when it comes to my old my old job. And several people that I know that are homeless now. Our fathers and mothers didn't care. It was the first time ever in America history that father turned on son. Mother turned on daughter. But we still have to respect them because the Bible says we do. Yes, I, I will go along with that. I, I I bite my tongue every time we speak. I bite my tongue every time we speak, just I'm sure as many of you do. <clears throat> my oldest brother, before he died, about lost his mind over my job the way I did because he knew what was going on. I knew what was going on, and my father would never admit it because the in his mind, the good old boys that he worked with for 30 years would never do that to his boy. Boy, was my dad wrong and did he back the wrong horse. And still won't admit it to this day because he's stubborn. You know what? I ain't afraid to name names. Because I've still got the proof. I've still got all them papers. I've still got everything. I could name names of IUE who was involved and who did what. I could systematically destroy that union right now if I chose. I could systematically destroy the NAACP. I am personally probably the most dangerous son of a bitch since Al Capone when it comes to